0: Welcome to the English Florist Podcast. Today we're in Lindsay's happy place, Great Penn Woods with maple, musing over the price of flowers with a cost of living rising, pricing correctly for your business and clients, and looking ahead to a larger wedding commission.
1: Well, hello. It is a Wednesday afternoon, and I've been home a week from Greece. And I'm back in the swing of things. So I ease myself in really gently with a lovely, lovely wedding fair. A wedding fair? It's not really a wedding fair. It's a showcase. So I, I work at several venues locally. I'm one of their preferred suppliers. And part of the um, sort of payback for being a preferred supplier on their list is that I decorate alongside other florists who are also on the list, um, the venue so that prospective couples can come along and also book couples come along and see the venue fully flowered fully dressed with you know lights and flowers and tables laid etc etc um and I get to meet the the couples as well so that was really nice um there's a bit of there's a brief um but I have quite a lot of creative license um so that was the weekend that was my weekend Um, actually preparing it all on the Saturday and actually delivering it and and working the whole day on the Sunday. Maple, do you want me to throw you a stick? Okay. Okay. There you go. (laughs) Um, So this week I'm back, back on full wedding duty and I have a very beautiful wedding to um, create this coming Saturday. Um, It's not at one of my usual venues, it's a new venue. (laughs) actually, new venues over an hour away always makes me slightly antsy. We're a, f- a team of five setting up because of the time... Oh, maple! <laughs> Sorry about this. Um, because of the time that we have between arrival when we're allowed to get in and set up the wedding flower palette, um, and the time of the actual wedding means that I have to have five or four additional florists with me to do that also this time of year uh, the British flower growing season is winding down shall we say um, there are fewer flowers, there are still flowers There, are, I know there are plenty of dahlias still um, dahlias aren't on my flower palette this week at all so that's no good for me so cost wise, availability wise colour wise Just about everything was not in a locally grown flower palette favour, shall we say. So everything has come from Holland. And to be honest with you, sometimes it's much easier just to have a one-stop shop. I, as a florist, I'm running a business. I do this because I love doing it, but I do it to make a living. And to make a living, I have to make money. Um, And so I look at where I source my flowers not through rose-coloured spectacles but um, through my bank account essentially and sometimes it's much easier to sit down with my budget and to look at what's available, everything priced up, everything stem-counted everything pretty consistent Um, it's so much easier sometimes to actually buy your flowers directly from Holland and so although there's a, quite a lot of um, a big movement to be more environmentally aware and to only use seasonal, seasonal flowers locally grown flowers the British growing season is quite limited and whilst there are polytunnels and glass houses here, um, they don't supply the, the, the varieties of flowers that I always need and this, is, this particular wedding is a classic case in point um, cost variety um, doesn't blend easily with what's available locally and so um, I bought everything from the Dutchman um, I'm on budget which is amazing because everything is escalating out of control at the moment It's the fuel prices that we see domestically are going to be having a savage knock on effect on the flour industry um, because of heating glass houses um, where we, where we often buy our flowers from. And I have heard that a lot of growers in Europe are reducing the number of glass houses that they're heating, therefore reducing the amount of flowers that they're growing. But the demand is still going to be there, which obviously, and everyone knows this bit, drives the price up. Um, so I'm quite nervous about next year. I have plenty of work in my diary. Um, I tend to find that the British flowers are in no way less expensive than the Dutch flowers um, and a lot of the growers are also retailing bouquets offering wedding services as well and so we're, I'm sort of further down the end of the line on order of preference you know I'm not a priority to the flower growers who are doing that and most of them have to do that to make a living so yeah next year is looking a bit worrying and you know and at the the showcase event that I did, um on sunday i met with uh, several couples who were actually um they were actually uh, looking for 2024 dates and i'm really reluctant to quote you know and I, I i was quite honest with them i was actually saying this is a really difficult situation i can give you my guide prices that i'm using for 2023 but i just don't know what i'm going to be having to charge no maple. Oh, all right. I don't know what I'm going to be charging in 2024. And if I feel like that everybody else it's gone over there. Gone. That's it. So yeah, that's where I'm at with all of that. I feel like two and a half weeks of holiday have kind of been rubbed off me already by all of the worry of going forward and how one how you know how I make a living in such a difficult situation and you know, mortgage rates going up everything, cost of living has gone up, everything's gone up flowers have gone up and people don't have a disposable budget Um, and one of the first things that will go are flowers people will pare right down and as a luxury wedding florist that has a huge impact on me so without wanting to be too full of doom and gloom You do have to kind of look at these things um, as a realist. But anyway, onwards, you know, we muddle through these things. We've had a pandemic. If we can get through pandemics, we can get through all of the other things that are going on at the moment. So um, it's cold. I've got a jacket and one of those big blanket, slanket things on as I walk the dog. It's not raining, I'm pleased to say. And the trees are just beginning to change. We are just on that turning cusp. Um, and it'll be the 1st of October in three days. So it's about time the leaves turned. It's a really beautiful time of year. And I can smell that that chill, that damp in the air. it's been people, come on. Anyway, so I'm looking forward to having the girls back in the studio, um, fees back in tomorrow. We're gonna to have a mountain of flower boxes to unpack and condition, which is really, really lovely. Uh, there are five of us, as I say, on Saturday for the setup because it's, um, I think we've got four hours to do quite a few big installations. Um, no pressure, but I, I get a bit anxious about these sorts of things, particularly if it's a venue that I've not worked at before. But on an up note, um I quoted really I quoted properly for this wedding. And that might sound a bit weird. Don't you normally quote properly? But you know, when you're quoting 18 months in advance of a wedding, you're speculating on how much the flowers are going to cost. And We don't know. I didn't know until I ordered them yesterday and today. Didn't know how much per stem I was gonna pay for any of those things. so it's really important that when you are speculating and doing a quote, that you factor in a bit of time um, to work out what the likely increments in cost of various things are and actually build in a bit of slack and sometimes you can get really badly caught out um, by that. I mean, I think, I think I always say this, but May, for some reason, is always a difficult month for me in that I don't make as much money in May than I do any other month. The cost of the flowers always seem to be way more than I might have quoted for. And I've been doing this a long time. When I did this particular quote, I quoted with my business head on. And I didn't budge. The lady's not for turning. I don't negotiate. People can't beat me down. I've been in that position too many times. Maple, puppy. Yeah, I've been in the position too many times where people, oh, I really want you to be our florist, but we've only got this much money. And you're so flattered by it that you accept the job on reduced rates. You know, you've they've beaten you down on the cost of the bouquet or the table centres. And then, of course, they make they just casually continue talking wedding flowers, yes, I'd like to have that, and I'd like to have that rose. and of course, you've said yes, and they've just assumed that they can have everything that we may have talked about before, and when you come to buy those things, it's really, really expensive, and you make less profit um, And it's one of those things where profit margins. It's almost like a dirty word. You certainly don't want to discuss it with your clients. But you know, if you're running a business, you need to be making money. So this was a big old wedding for me, really big wedding for me. And I didn't budge. And I'm pleased to say when I did the flower order, it was actually bang on the money. Um, Once I've taken off all my costs for my staff, for transport, I've driven... Um, An hour and a half today to collect the props. I'll be driving an hour and a half back next week. I've put £120 worth of diesel in my van. But yeah, so um, really big flower palette. Properly quoted for. Actually on budget, a lot of flowers. I mean, I'm talking a lot of flowers. I actually, you know, I, I did it generously because that is what I do. I don't skimp. People pay a lot of money for beautiful wedding flowers and I'm not gonna squeeze every last eek it out and be miserly in order to make a profit so I have to quote quote properly in order to give them the generosity that I want to give them and that they are expecting from me but also to make a living and to pay my team properly there'll be two vans going to the venue there are five florists including myself and everybody needs to be paid properly for their skill set because they're all doing big installations they're going to be up ladders doing huge arrangements they are skilled florists and they need to be paid for their skills and we have a limited time so we're working under pressure so yeah i'm really happy and looking forward to just doing the job it's that bit where you're kind of like i need to see the color of the flowers i need to check everything's okay i need to get going and make it all and i just need to get in and deliver it so i'm kind of at that point at the moment i'm gonna go home and just do a quick vase count make sure i've got i'm pretty certain i have got enough but just you know little things just check all those little things or all, all your ducks in a row as I always say so yeah that's me um at the very end of September looking forward to a nice run up to Christmas I've already got people inquiring about wreaths dried wreaths Christmas wreaths booking on workshops what else I've got six more weddings um in the diary to do and I'm looking forward to having lots of conversations with lots of my brides for 2023 excuse me a moment maple pop, pop! the dog has run off <whistles> she's actually running the wrong direction come on
0: we'll let lindsay find maple meanwhile let's return to the flower studio for this week's mailbag
1: I'm in my flower studio now, and um, this is the part of the show where we answer questions from the mailbag. And I had a fantastic question that was messaged to me a couple of weeks ago from a lovely follower of mine on Instagram, and she said, Linz, where do you draw your inspiration from? And I thought it was such a great question. Um, It's as deep as it is wide, to be honest. But actually, it's right in front of me. It's it's nature. I think. I draw most of my inspiration from around me and by that I mean when I'm out on my walks when I'm in somewhere significant um, a beautiful park I've gone to a different country so recently I was in Greece and we were staying in an olive grove and as a florist I've never been a huge fan of olive as a foliage but I just I was so absorbed with Everywhere I went, there was there was olive groves and olive trees. I just, I've decided to just kind of, I came home and I wanted to use it. I wanted to have it in everything. So the first wedding that came up after I'd got home from holiday, I was buying in loads and loads of olive. And so I think... It's kind of every day, whatever I'm doing, wherever I am, it could be a colour, you know. So at the moment, we're in autumn and one of my clients who I've just done a wedding for today, um, her favourite colour was orange. And so I wanted to just not just give her orange flowers. It was the depth and the breadth of the orange. And when I was walking the dog the other day in the woods, it's the contrast as well from the colours that I'm a favourite to, you need to kind of bring an accent colour in or a contrasting colour in. And I was it wasn't anything to do specifically with the, um, the orange colour, but I realised that, well, as I was walking along, it was this lovely golden, crispy brown um, grass and sitting in the middle of this golden, crispy brown grass was this fly agaric, I think that's how you say it, it's the lovely toadstool, which is bright red with those white dots on. And it was just sitting there as loud as was loud. Well, that's just the thing. It was bright and and screaming at me from the corner of my eye, drew me in. And I took a picture of it and I put it on my Instagram story. And I said, you know, what inspires me? And I just took pictures from my walk because that particular walk, the light, the colours, completely inspired me to come home and do something and and be aware of contrasting colours of nature. And because I'm working with a natural product, I just want to kind of, I draw from that and put that into my work. And so it's, as as I say, it's as wide as it is deep, but it's a simple thing like that. Just a simple, ordinary, everyday dog walk. It made me realize, it really struck a chord with me. It was that feeling sometimes when I'm teaching in a workshop and I say, you know, are you pleased with the bouquet you made? Do you feel it in your chest? And I kind of tap my chest. And I said, do you feel it in there? Because when I've made something really beautiful, I tap my chest and I can I feel it. I feel the satisfaction, a physical feeling. And I get that sometimes when I'm out and I'm looking at a colour combination. And there are other ones that spring to mind as well. Um, about 10 years ago I was in Amsterdam, my brother used to live there, and we, we went out for lunch one Sunday and we cycled along the canal and we went to this lovely restaurant. And the colour combination was red and blue. And it was really, really striking, real bold contrast. And as I was just talking about this, you know, what inspires me, I just suddenly remembered that colour combination, how it was so bright and cheerful that I loved it. It's not a combination that I would ordinarily have considered, but I realised how potent it was, and how if I wanted to write really pack a punch, red and a blue would be a really bold statement. And so, yeah, everyday things, they kind of come and slap you or punch you on the nose as it were and, and, and I remember them and so yeah I think that's a really good question and that's the best way I can answer it it's just everyday things some of those everyday things just literally jump out in front of you and I love them and I appreciate them and I often want to go home and interpret them some way through my, my flowers and my creativity
0: be sure to send your questions to Lindsay via the White Horse Flower Company website or via Instagram at the White Horse Flower. Let's return to Penwood, and hopefully Lindsay has found maple.
1: Dog rescued. Currently in van. Um, It's a bit whiffy because the dog has probably found every single watering hole, muddy puddle. Is that your tummy rumbling too? Mm. And a burp. You hound dog. (laughs) It's wagging its tail knowingly. Yeah, dog found and... Um, yes what was I saying I was saying about having an honesty um, being honest about um, the cost of flowers to clients and that was certainly something that came up at the showcase event um, on Sunday for those who were booking or wanting to seek out florists to quote for their weddings in 2024 and it goes both ways you know, you may well, in with your honesty, frighten people off with the, you know, because in your mind's eye, when you book a venue and you're getting married, you just have this perfect vision of all the things you're going to have, bells and whistles. Um, the reality is often quite a long way removed from that idealised, re- um, you know, vision. Uh, one has to, well, it, over the years I've realised you have to be honest um, and talk about you know, on the budget that they might potentially have, what they're realistically going to expect to get for that amount of money. Um, for me, I try and just do usually one wedding per week. And so it needs to be of a budget that allows me to just do one wedding per week. And sometimes, and understandably so, couples don't want to spend the amount of money that I'm suggesting to have my flowers in all of those rooms on all of those occasions that many bridesmaids etc cetera, etc cetera. and they may well find somebody who is i would argue perhaps going to do it for less money and maybe not as well as me um but that's absolutely fine i make no judgment on that client or certainly not on my fellow florists because i've been there i've got the t-shirt you know i've snatched the wedding a bargain ba- basement price um out of the hands of a you know a competitor who i've considered much better and more kind of established than myself back in the day and that's that's the way it rolls really that you you know you there are small wins but they're welcome and so i do explain honestly and as openly as i can what the likelihood of you know this is this is how much i'm going to suggest having me at this venue to do that many tables it's going to be a minimum of this amount of money and sometimes you they come back and say yep absolutely fine when can we talk let's get a quote and sometimes they just run in the opposite direction that's Maple growling. Um, so I think it's really important to, to be honest. And particularly at this moment in time when everything is so incredibly volatile, that, you know, the cost of fuel and um, fuel isn't just for our domestic heating. It's for our vans. It's for transportation to get my flowers from A to B, to get my flowers delivered from my studio to the venue. I've got to pay a minimum wage to my staff to, for them to get to me, to drive to my house so that we can do the work and it's the it's the actual flower growers having to heat their glass houses i know that they are reducing the the square footage of what they're growing on because they simply can't meet those costs at the moment because of the ridiculously astronomic prices and so i think Having that conversation and making people aware, even if they just walk away and go, Oh my god, you know, I don't want to be, I'm certainly not doomy and gloomy. I want to win the business, of course, I do. But I do think, um, I'd rather lose a client and then win the ones that I've fully prepared and they've gone into it knowingly than get halfway down the line you know spent a couple of hours on in consultation on quotations only to be told that it's too expensive and they can't afford it and that that they need to run at this amount of money and that's way below what i it's worth my while doing as as a florist wanting to to do luxury, abundant flowers. Um, And so I've learned to lose the odd one by the by um, and just have honest dialogue with my clients. And sometimes, for example, next year, if the prices have gone up significantly, then we need to have a conversation just like we did in the pandemic, when weddings were pushed back one and two years, the cost of the flowers had gone up since Brexit astronomically. And, you know, I did honour the first wave that went back from 2020 to 2021. The second time they pushed back, I had to re-quote and re-quote at the prices that I was quoting for 2021, 22 rather. And if they didn't have the budget, I totally respected that. But we had to rethink the flower content that we were doing, the number of arrangements or what we were actually doing so that we made their budget fit the flowers that I was doing. Actually, it was fine. It was fine. I think I don't want to take anyone for a ride. I just want to give the best version of myself that I can. And that doesn't mean skimping large arrangements. I'd rather do a medium sized arrangement well than a big one not very well it's just who i am it's just the way i am and i'm not going to compromise on that my reputation is built upon that honesty and doing the best that i can and so so yeah we've been here before um i kind of thought we were out the woods and we were kind of you know running on an even keel for a bit but uh, you know what you have to kind of expect bumps in the road and this could be could be a pothole could be a bump who knows anyway Mapes and i should we go home? Got anything to say? No, nothing to say apart from she'd like a boning. We'll speak
0: soon. Join Lindsay Kitchen every two weeks for the new English Florist podcast, free to listen to wherever you get your podcasts. Next week, though, and until the start of November, a bonus edition. A chance to listen to Extra Snippings, a shorter, business-orientated show where Lindsay will be taking you on her commissions so you can hear behind the scenes as she sets up and talks with prospective clients. The free main show is back in two weeks and do be sure to send Lindsay questions for the mailbag via email on the White Horse Flower Company website or via Instagram at the White Horse Flower, And also, using your podcast player, check back to listen to all the episodes available so far.